and welcome to Elevating Founders, the podcast for early stage founders to hear the stories behind the change makers and disruptors in the tech sector who are responsible for tackling the world's biggest challenges. Brought to you by myself, Sina Sadzada, and London Tech Week. Today, we have a super interesting episode for you with Lewis Warner, the Chief Operating Officer and Accelerator Program Director for Founders Factory. He's been working in leadership roles at high growth technology ventures for 25 years. And to top it off, he was part of one of Europe's largest tech companies, a startup you might know, lastminute.com, from the founder era through to its public IPO. Founders Factory is a global tech operating and investing business with a worldwide portfolio of 250 plus tech companies, 50 of which have been built from scratch. It's such an exciting episode. This episode today, we explore Lewis's background, how he has seen the startup landscape change in the last 20 years, and what he sees as the role and responsibility of the founder and CEO within a startup, as well as the six specific areas he feels the CEO and founder has to focus on. Of course, we dive deeper into a couple of these six and how founders and CEOs listening can identify and strengthen these skill sets. All right, let's jump straight in. Hey, Louis, how are you? Really good, thank you. Thank you very much. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, We've had to like... It's been a long time coming, this podcast. It's something that we were like massively waiting for and uh, very busy guy, I'm sure, the sort of stuff know, that you guys go up to. Place. Yeah, it's like this, it's very exciting, the stuff you, go, you guys go up to, right? Uh, yeah, we are very busy at Founders Factory, uh, having a lot of fun. We are up to now just over 300 startups in our portfolio um, uh, at all different stages. We've inherited a portfolio here and there. Um, and just having a lot of fun, you know, doing things all over, a lot of activity in the US, uh, obviously the UK, Africa. Yeah, very busy. And you started, you've been in the startup space for years, right? Like where did it, where did it all start for you? Yeah, so I, I'd say I've been in tech, early stage tech for maybe 25 years, nearly 25 years. Um, I started at a little known company, um, e-commerce company called lastminute.com. Um, I was really early there, I think employee number 30, uh, just in all in one room. And we were very lucky over five years that grow, grew into one of Europe's, you know, most well-known uh, dot-coms. I had all sorts of fun listing on the stock exchange and delisting and uh, making lots of acquisitions. But yeah, last, lastminute.com was the start. I then went on to another venture builder called uh, Blenheim Chalcott, who they, I think, have built about 35 companies uh over the last 20 years, uh, I think 20 are still active. Um, I stayed there for quite a few years, um, 12 years, working in different companies, eventually running one of their, their companies uh, called Contentive. And then for the last five and a half years, I've been back with the old lastminute.com crew at, um, at, at, at Founders Factory, um, uh, you know, supporting and working and, and, and loving being at the very early stage um, of the tech ecosystem. What's really interesting to me about your journey, Louis, is that you obviously start, started out lastminute.com, which was a startup at the time, and now obviously like it was acquired, and now it's like huge still. And now you're you're with Founders Factory. Before we talk about what is Founders Factory, I'd love to get your take on how have you seen the startup ecosystem change in the in the last like twenty five years? It's a lot more dynamic, and it, things can move a lot faster, uh, but there's a lot more competition. So back in the very early stages of lastminute.com, technology, creating technology and developing technology 
was slow and uh, and I mean the internet had only been operating for a few years, but building technology and e-commerce systems and um, and you know applications and UXs was was much slower than it is today because you were you were really starting from um, uh, heavier code bases that uh, weren't as agile and integrated today. To today, most technology speaks to each other, you know, seamlessly. Back then, back then, I remember when XML APIs were becoming a thing. It was all very exciting that you could systems could connect to each other over the internet. Um, so, 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 yeah. It's today. Today's technology is a lot quicker. It's a lot, lot more modularized. It can plug into each other really quick. So you can spin up stuff a lot quicker. But because everybody can spin up stuff a lot quicker, competition's intense. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so now it's not really a battle for how fast you can spin up technology. Unless you're doing something in deep tech, uh, then, then you need, you know, AI, ML. You need, um, uh, it takes longer and, and you're doing something a lot more proprietary. But for to, to get going on some kind of e-commerce operation on the internet today, you don't even know, need node code. You can, you can, you can get going on, 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 um, on, on Shopify in a day. So now it's about, is the proposition really unique? really brilliant much better than the others and and can you carve out a, a place in the in the consumer uh world for your proposition that that's 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 the challenge today that's really interesting and where, where does founders factory plug into all of that so we we we, we started the very, founders factory has built in a, we've got a studio and we've got an accelerator so the studio in the studio we we come up with concepts and and ideas or we find founders with concepts and ideas and we start from the very basics. Like we, 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 we go through a few concepts, we road test a few concepts and ideas, then we test them with customers. And when we think we've got something that's interesting, once we've passed a few filters, we, um, we, we find a team and we put some capital in and we get that company spun up and, and rolled. So very, very early, early days we do that. Uh, the most important thing we're really testing for is, is there consumer, client, customer appetite for what we're building is that we're looking for demand. Is this thing gonna, is, of, of, do people want this service? Once we've proven that and, and uh, the, then we sort of get cracking on the, um, on the building of the company. And we've done that 50 times. Some of our companies are, are, are doing pretty well that have come out of the studio. Um, and then on the accelerator, we find uh, fantastic founders who've got a an, an unique, interesting idea. We're looking for, you know the, the quality of the team, the speed of execution, their their, their sort of agility, um, and and their product market fit, whether they found something, and then we put capital into those business, so we invest in them, but importantly, we wrap a program around them, which we call our squad based program. We we're different from other accelerators in that we put real human beings, like a group of six or seven human beings with the company side by side, and we work through them on a bespoke program, uh, and we work to clear objectives that we set out um, at, at, at the start. So we, we have a big operating team, 100 people globally, uh, and these are all experts um, who know all the functions of, 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 pro of, of startup building, from fundraising to strategy to growth to product to engineering to AI to brand and marketing PR. Mm. It sounds like, I mean, it's within the name, right? Founders Factory. It sounds like you have that sort of proven blueprint that you apply to these different startups. Like, how did you come to that blueprint, I guess, over years of iteration? Like, how, how have you decided on that on that process? It, it, it has, like, firstly, we, we 
you know, our, our CEO, Henry, famously says he won't stop until he's worked out the exact ingredients uh, to, to, to build, um, you know, very impactful startups very soon. And we've now got, as I said, 300 in the portfolio, uh, 50 of which we built from scratch. Um, it has been an iterative process from day one. Every single time we build a startup or accelerate a startup, we we are stopping doing retros and learning and taking all of our learnings and putting them into a playbook and into you know most of the people's it's a lot of the knowledge sits in people's heads so we have defined processes particularly in the studio and the accelerator which we have evolved ourselves we haven't taken much from other people we've just as we are all operators previous operators in tech ourselves we've sort of brought our experiences and developed our own models and our own playbooks um obviously no one develops anything from the ground up we you know we're mm. pinching ideas from all over yeah the place. of course we generally have our own methodology for 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 building and scaling startups is it is it a playbook specifically for say within ai or within specific like e-commerce is it is it specific to that industry or is it more like general to like all startups in the very early stages of, of building a company the playbook is quite 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 high level it's like What's the market size? You know, what technologies are available for this? Uh, what what problems are we trying to solve? So that so we're using sort of standard canvases for, for that kind of thing. But as you get into later stages of come, each each function that supports the startup will have a different playbook. So, for example, the growth team, which is which is you know fancy term for digital marketing, might have a B two B playbook for uh, for 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 you know tackling a certain market so say for example we're selling SaaS software or enterprise software we would have a playbook that's specific to how do we find how do we first determine which markets which sectors would be our targets then how do we find the people in those targets then what kind of messaging works well for that target market then what kind of pricing works well for that kind of target market what kind of onboarding processes for that target market so it depends on as as the companies mature and they start to evolve into groups of you know b2b b2c d2c early stage we have playbooks per function that are specific specific to that what's very interesting is that i asked you the question how has the startup ecosystem evolved and you said things have become a lot more modular you you've actually quite ironically you've made making a startup and creating a startup also very modular and then here's the thing as well i said when when, when you start making things a lot more modular there's a lot more of them it's 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 much more competitive because there's a lot of us doing this. There's a lot of people, and to differentiate yourself, uh, uh, it takes deep effort and deep capital. Um, but yeah, it's 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 great. It's, it's also good that there are other people doing this, and we learn from each other. And and you know, it's a good ecosystem. It's a fantastic ecosystem. That's amazing. That how has I guess Founders Factory developed since you started it? Like how how has the things changed? I guess we've 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 learned a lot uh, over the years. We've made tons of mistakes. Who doesn't? You know, we used to get excited about hitting. We 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 just get more and more ambitious, I, I suppose. When you know, we we set out to to firstly get to two hundred startups, and 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 we started out by raising capital for six from six corporate investors, and when we hit a hundred startups, we were super excited. Um, but then we when we and we did a big announcement at that, and a big sort of well done, found, patted ourselves on the back. Then we got to 200 startups, and uh, the momentum was so good 
uh, that we didn't actually even do an announcement to say, look, we've hit our milestone. We, we just thought to ourselves, let's just keep going. And our ambition now is to get to a thousand startups globally, to build and accelerate a thousand startups. So I guess the, the, the key point there is our ambition just increases as our confidence increases in terms of what we're doing. It's also really good to see a lot of our early portfolio now starting to come through and do some fantastic numbers. Some of our early companies uh, that, that came out of the studio you know, have raised over 50 million, um, a few of them. And uh, the, 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 watching the portfolio go through the, fund, the funding stages uh, and seeing the return on our investment, obviously we're, a, you know, we're structured as, a, 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 as equity holders, as a, a portfolio manager. So we have a, our value is in our portfolio and seeing that the value of the portfolio increasing um, to to healthy levels gives us a lot of confidence that we know what we know what we're doing for sure. I mean, would you so the process? So would you have say a business would like come to you like with these certain problems, and then you kind of like come up with the different solutions that you would do to to solve their problems, and then like basically build the blueprint for that business, and then would you find a like a team around that? Yeah. So the studio is is com that's exactly what we do. The studio. This this in the very early days we would. Only, we would come up with the concepts ourselves in the studio and then we would find the team. And then a few years ago, we piloted um, uh, trying to find it. We, we had concept areas or, or target areas uh, uh, that we were wanted to focus on, problems that we wanted to focus on. And uh, what we would do is um, we would publish those. And then look for founders who could address these, these these particular problems. And quite often we would find a problem or a, a problem and a solution that we were thinking of building anyway. We would find a founder who was in a, thinking of doing the same thing or similar thing. We would join forces, refine the combined proposition, and uh, and um, you know that that those some of those uh, businesses became very successful uh, and were successful marriages. So yeah, it's a combination of. Come up with the ideas yourself, find people or find people who've got ideas that are similar to, to areas we were trying to it's, solve. It's a difficult because like when, so for my startup, for instance, like we're, we're like potentially going to be looking for investment fairly soon. And the big thing that investors say is like, you know, right place, right time for the startup, a few other things. But obviously the team is very important also. And with you guys, like, I guess, how do you find the team? But also within that, how do you find a founder that is both available and also willing to work on this is very very astute to the, to this problem that you're trying to solve yeah it's the, well as you know the most important thing in very early stage uh, companies is the team uh, particularly the founder and what they build around them um so you know when we when we're finding founders for our concepts we have um we're quite well known in the uk so so we get a lot of inbound applications we get sort of a thousand people a month apply to, to work at Founders Factory and at the, our company. So the, the inbound interest is, is thankfully pretty good. Um, but we also, the founders that we have worked with, uh, we, we've built a community with them and their cohort. So, so we, people are sharing what we're doing with each other. And we have a, a pretty good uh, network just with the Founders Factory operations team and the Brown, broader Founders Forum group. So, so we, we do quite a lot of outreach. When we find an idea that we think is suitable for an archetype or, or, or a, 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 a suits a founder profile, we will go and you know, hunt down founders that we think are right for that as well. And um, it's super encouraging as well. We, we start to see, we have seen um, or are seeing 
founders from you know big corporates coming and wanting to work with us. So we've had you know investment bankers. Uh, there's a lady called Steph Majid, for example, who was a previous investment banker. She came and joined us and built a very successful um, uh, uh, hair and beauty booking platform called Slick. Um, and and yeah, we see, we've seen we've seen people people want to work in a lot of very talented people want to build their own thing more and more. You hear about this thing, the creative community. I think it applies to entrepreneur entrepreneurs as well. People want to build companies. And what we're seeing in the in purpose-driven companies, the climate tech companies and the sustainability companies, companies doing good, the, the caliber of people rolling in and wanting to work in the sector is, is super, super high. I spoke to someone two weeks ago who left a very stable job at a big technology company and he saw one of our portfolio companies doing really good work. And um, when I chatted to him, I said, how did you, how did you hook up? He said, I just saw what they were doing and I reached out to them. I, was, I wanted to be part of the journey. <clears throat> I think that's a global trend and it's an exciting trend, particularly for sustainability, for, the, for, our, for our climate, for our, um, for our planet. Actually. What's the, what would you say? I think the role of the founder and the CEO is very different within your sort of environment because you have the different playbooks, you have the different structures of support around you. I guess like my question to you is what is the responsibility of and the role of the of the founder and CEO where you're trying to find? That's a really good question. Um, so so just just before I frame what I think the role and responsibility is, when when I was coming up in my career and you know as I said I started you know doing data entry at lastminute.com, I um I observed what good leaders did and um, I always thought to myself, gosh, that's really impressive that they're in this fancy role. I wonder what, one day whether I will ever you know, get to those lofty heights. So I worked with amazing CEOs and I watched what they did. Um, and then by, by surprise, I was asked by um, the partners at, at um, Blenheim Telco to be a CEO of one of their companies. And because they had 20 companies, I was one of, 90, one of 20 other CEOs. So I, I, and I, and we used to spend a lot of time to, together and and learn from each other. So I watched what other C, these other CEOs did, um, and observed what what you know what good looked like. Um, some of them were really fantastic. And then at Founders Factory, I've been watching, obviously working with a lot of founder CEOs, early stage founder CEOs, sort of helping shape their thinking. Um, and over the years, I kind of developed a little bit of a framework for what I thought the role of the CEO really is. Because when I became a CEO for the first time, um, I, I literally did not know what a CEO did. I bought a book on Amazon. I bought a book on Amazon, like How to Be a CEO was, was the book I bought for my Christmas reading. And it was, it was awful. It was terrible. Anyway, so... All these years later, I think I've distilled what the role of the CEO, founder CEO is. And it is, you know, six themes. Lead the strategy, you know, define the North Star. Second one is deliver capital, don't run out of money. Third one is build the right team, um, a fantastic team. The fourth one is execute with discipline. Fifth one, obviously make sure your customers are delighted all the time. And the sixth one is drive sustainable growth. So, so those themes I like to, when I speak to founders uh, or when I think in terms of what are the role you're doing, within each of those broad themes, uh, there are lots of you know, do's and don'ts or habits or things that some brilliant founders would do really well.
What would you say from, I guess, being around so many CEOs, like massive diversity you guys have within Founders Factory that you, that you see kind of day to day, what's the theme, would you say, within those six that is kind of the most lacking, would you say? A strategy and execution. Oh, oh well, I mean, it depends. Different founders have different you know, strengths in different areas. Yeah, and different I'm areas asking like, what's the strength that I guess is the most rare to find that is definitely needed, people need to work on, but like, what's the one that's kind of difficult to find? Sometimes founders, because they are too often in the business, they miss out on focusing on strategy and direction. And, you know, there's, a, there's many founders who are spinning lots of plates and, you know, the duck's legs are flicking like crazy underwater, but the whole company is not moving forward fast enough because they are not focused on or not clear on where they're going and who is responsible for what. And, and, and not everybody knows what each other should be doing and sharing the roles and responsibilities to get to that goal. So, so sometimes I get a little frustrated when I don't see the clear alignment of where the company is going who's responsible and the team's working really well together on the understanding um, of what everybody should be doing. So that's under execute with discipline. Yeah, it's a bit of, it's a bit of strategy. It's a bit of execute with discipline. It's also related to, you know, building the right team. If you don't have the right team um, well aligned. uh, And again, I've, I've seen, you know, quite a few startups who have built the wrong teams, burn through lots of money and not make enough progress. So getting that early early team right is is, is super important. Uh, yeah, but if if I was to choose one of those, I would say that I, I, it would be great to see more founders focus on and spend time coming back to strategy. Are we on the right strategy? Is this the right product? Is this the right platform? Are we? Are, are, is it the right one for our customers? Is it the right one next to our competitors? Is it unique enough? Is it scalable enough? Is it? Is it? Um, are they unique? Yeah, are they enough unique features to make us? stand out from all of the other uh, competitors I, I completely agree with you and it, it is quite difficult i think it is definitely a challenge given the agility of startups right because the strategy changes so much so i yeah. guess like how do you combat that challenge right like because you're in a startup where things are changing constantly but the yeah. strategy is meant to be something that's like also yeah. fairly well, fixed th- yeah the thing that yeah the thing about strategy actually is um it's it's quite a big fancy word but it doesn't really need to be a fancy word what it what it could mean is and we have a framework for it you know we think about this this your vision statement which is your north star how because you exist how how will the world be a much better place how will you your your customers lives be changed how will you change the world and that that shouldn't change much right you you are here and your purpose is to change the world in this beautiful way and then as you wind your strategy house further down, you get to your mission and your recursive strategy and your objectives, you can get a lot more granular into your, um, you know, what do we, what should we, to, to get to this North Star that we've set, which is how we're going to change the world, what should we do, be doing in these next three months and who is doing what on those? And, and for that system, three months, uh, 12 months, we obviously use the OKR process, which is, which is pretty famous, objectives and key results and well-known. But but I think the point about strategy is when you when companies take the time to think about it, talk about it, and come back to it and and tune it, like revise it. Sometimes you get it wrong. 
Um, and you should be, you, you know, your long-term strategy shouldn't revise often, but every three months you should be looking at, are we doing the right things? Are we measuring the right things? Are these the right goals for the next three months? The, just the process of doing that together well creates uh, creates alignment, creates understanding, um, creates visibility, creates accountability, and, and creates a much more coercive team. Yeah, I do like that answer a lot because you're separating that long-term strategy to that short like three-month iterations and that's I guess like what I've thought of as a CEO quite a lot of like because I, I would get frustrated that we kind of move away from the strategy but then at, at the same time like you're meant to be agile right so I think having those two separations is, is very important yeah totally and and the, the best founders I see are, are the ones who can see around the corner and are the first to go I don't think this is right. I think we have to change our strategy or we have to change what we're doing or next quarter, or this is not the right product. <clears throat> That's one of the hardest things to do as a as CEO or founder is to, you know, you, you might be doing something and doing okay and growing at X amount, but to turn around to everybody and say, I don't think that we're going fast enough or this is the wrong thing. That takes a lot of guts and a lot of vision and a lot of confidence. Um, um, but, but, you know, if you've got a great culture and everyone's listening to each other and, and everyone has a voice. And as a leader, you're getting together and you're talking about these strategies and sharing the numbers and the progress and the challenges. That's when you, you, you start to understand and you can, as a team, see and navigate together where to go. So I guess back to your original point, the more, te the more time teams spend um, working on strategy um, and, and revisiting what it is, and when I mean strategy, I mean long-term strategy and immediate three-month goals, the more they are aligned and everybody knows, that process of, of becoming aligned and talking about it and bringing it to the discussions as often as possible actually creates the alignment. And, and which, which once the teams are aligned, obviously, there's a ton of efficiency. Everybody understands what, what we're supposed to do. I think, Louis, that's an amazing note to end on. That's an amazing answer. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Elevating Founders. And it's been such a pleasure having you on. I wish I could, yeah, we could spend more time talking because there's so many other things I wish I could delve into. But maybe we do a part two in the future. Who knows? Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was great. Um, it's late Friday evening and this is my last meeting of the day. So <laughs> yeah, same. How can people stay in touch with you and Founders Factory in the future? Because Founders Factory, the ambition is, is you know, is unlimited growth, I think. Like it's, it's, it's to go above and beyond where, you're, where you guys are right now. Yeah, I wish people would sign up to um, our newsletter on Founders Factory. If you go to Founders Factory website, right at the top, subscribe to our monthly insights uh, there's a there's a really strong team pulling together uh, tons of insights from our founders and for our founders about building companies, um, and you know we run quite a few events and there's a lot of information there. So just subscribe to the newsletter, follow Founders Factory on LinkedIn, obviously and Twitter, and and, and I'm on LinkedIn, Louis Warner. You know anyone hits me up there, and um, I, I accept most follows or most um, <laughs> invitations, and yeah, they contact me through there. Okay, great. Thank you so much again, Louis, for coming on the podcast. I'm sure we'll speak very soon. Thanks again. Brilliant. Thank you. That is it for this week's episode of Elevating Founders. If you have any questions or concerns, head over to our social channels linked in the show notes to join the conversation or email us at elevatingfounders at informer.com. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate and subscribe to the podcast. It helps podcasts grow so much, more than you can imagine. Now, one last extremely exciting announcement. Elevating Founders Europe is back this June at London Tech Week. If you haven't already registered to attend, what are you waiting for? It's an amazing event. I went last year. 
Um, and that was in the middle of like COVID, right? And it was an extravagant event. And this year they're going even bigger. So if you haven't registered already, please do. It's going to be a huge event. Visit LondonTechWeek.com to find your passes. And hopefully you can meet me there. I'm, I'm going to be there as well. So thank you so much for listening to this episode again, and we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks so much.